Tag Radio Network. Good evening. Uh, almost 6-3. However, it is 6-2, 2018 at the moment. And, uh, yeah. And uh, this is kind of a special podcast in a couple different ways. Number one, tonight's show is more theme-based. And so we're going to have one, basically one subject that we're talking about for the whole obviously you've heard us before you know it's going to stream off into some other things but when we kind of rant but nevertheless it's pretty much you know singular in nature Um, but also too henry is actually on location Uh, normally our normally our podcast you know he's a state away uh, but he's actually here and so we're doing the podcast uh, together in the same place so not a big deal to you guys so much, but uh, it's a big deal here. So, yeah, there might be a little bit different audio qualities both ways. Um, I've got some upgrades on this end. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I've little, got some different. downgrades on this end. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all good. Yeah, it'll we'll work. make and do. It'll work. So, with that said, tonight's podcast is about... Um, basically what science or where science stands when it comes to God. And what I mean by that is the belief in him or the evidence of him or the non-evidence of a higher being and um, what our thoughts and opinions are on the subject as well as what those of some scientists are. And to be honest, it's surprisingly kind of 50-50 out there in the science world. Yeah, I think this. Uh, I think this is an opportunity to kind of view how how science views religion in general. It doesn't. I mean, this works. I mean, this is doesn't mean it's just about Christianity or you know anything like that. This this it affects everyone. It's not really affecting you, but it's just an opinion that that works for everyone that has a belief system. Right. Well, you don't even have to have a belief system. I mean, you could really, if you think about it, it's just a way of life. Mm-hmm. It's it's a way to be as a person. And so it's more along those lines, you know, It because it, this whole thing is not about religion. It's not about a specific way to believe. It's just basically whether, it's because it's a big deal in science. Because there are scientists that believe in God and there are scientists that don't. And that changes the evidence or, or, you know, that changes how they view evidence in to- totally different manner um, based on that assumption or belief or, you know, evidentiary thing. And so there's, um, you know, basically the debate is between creationism and evolution. So. Videos to watch. This time we will source our uh, sources because... I ain't yeah. gonna have hours of work go into uh, being <laughs> well, and I, I, I'm not even I, like I don't know that we should even actually show the video on the stream because I don't know how that was kind of the whole thing before. Well, we'll have the audio of the, them explaining their own opinions. Yeah, 
Um, and also, we will still source our audio. Which really, this should fall under copyright law because we're reviewing the audio. Right, right. I think that, that, that I it, think it that's should. grounds for it. <laughs> it. It's kind of a gray area, so, you know, um, for our YouTube watchers, uh, you know, <laughs> this may be another video that we have to edit later, I don't know, but, you know, Hopefully. we can't show video on an audio podcast, so for you podcast listeners, there's nothing for you to worry about. <laughs> yeah, there's... There shouldn't be anything that goes wrong. If there is, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. And we'll definitely be appealing something or yeah. filing a, I guess, complaint or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> with yeah, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> if we have to. Let's be on yeah. the right side here. <laughs> yeah, it's probably... I don't think audio will be a problem. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, I suppose we should kind of start out by discussing how we feel about it and what our thoughts are on it, and then move into the scientists themselves. That sounds good to me. <laughs> right on. I mean, I guess you could lead us into it. Sure, why not? Um, I don't tell just anybody this, so you should feel privileged, everybody out there. <laughs> um. I have a different belief than most. And my thoughts are that there was or is a higher energy or a higher being that created everything. At least got the ball rolling is basically what I'm saying. So, and I base that off of science as well as evidence in my book of things that I've read because I've I went through this whole big deal about religion which I don't I believe religion is just a a way to create arguments between different groups of beliefs and so that that is why I don't believe in religion in the sense that not that I don't believe it exists but I don't believe it should be followed that way but with that said I've dug a lot into religion different religions, different beliefs, and sort of kind of molded them and blended them together because there's so many similarities in all these different religions. It, you know, the only difference may be that they have a different name for a god and they have a different name for a location, and but that's like it is with even just regular language, you know. So with that, it's my thought that there's one higher energy or one greater being that created everything, got the ball rolling, and that there, that higher being is allowing this to play out how it may. Now, so with that being said, I believe in a creator, but I also believe in evolution because you really, you can't deny evolution in one respect, and that is the the fact that we all, every thing in existence adapts to its surroundings and that is a type of evolution our bodies change and this and that you know yeah but there's still they 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 claim this evolution that we came from primates and i can kind of get on board with that but i don't think it just happened because even scientists talk about the missing link they can't find that one link 
that made us jump from a primate to an advanced, you know, human with a bigger brain and figuring all this stuff out, you know? Yeah. So it's my thought that the creator or, you know, it or him or her or whatever it is had a hand in changing that. And it's evident, you know, you can go back and look. There's a lot. I was watching some stuff on it the other day. It's evident that a lot of our ancestors and people way back in history, Egyptians and things like that, knew something about DNA because they they have it depicted on some of their drawings. The, the double helix shows up all the time. And that's really the only place or meaning the double helix can really have because, you know, in, until our scientists discovered it, we didn't even know it was a double helix. You know what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I think that somebody genetically, you know, and I'm not trying to say it was aliens or anything like that. I, you know, I'm just saying I think somebody genetically altered us. And so that goes back and, you know, that goes back into history where even people in ancient history talk about the Anunnaki which was supposedly a race of advanced human or advanced people that did a lot of scientific stuff and a lot of medical stuff. And there's, they said that they actually genetically or, you know, bred humans with animals and like they kept doing all these trials and these different things, trying to figure things out. There's a whole big story about it that I, I won't go into, but it, you know, cause my thing on it, Science, science try those who don't believe in in a creator, okay. They try to say that this all happened by accident. Every single thing in the universe happened by accident, and so that's to say that every single thing was was a perfect accident. It happened just exactly the way it needed to happen in order for every single thing to fall in line the way it is. And life ends up existing, at least on Earth. And so that is a an astronomical amount of perfect accidents. Okay. And even science tells us that the most likely answer is usually the simplest one. So it's more of it's more of a probability that a higher intelligence created all of this than it is to think it was just one super happy accident. Yeah. And so my theory on that, so I don't just have that idea, but my theory is that we were genetically altered to become this type of human that we are today. And that's why there's not, there's that, that's why there's that missing link because we jumped from one to one thing to another. And so there's not, it doesn't even exist. That link doesn't even exist because we were genetically altered somehow. Okay. And so that's my stance on it, you know, essentially, <clears throat> is that we all came from one energy. We are all part of that one energy and we will all end up going back to that one energy. I mean, even science talks about the singularity. You know, well, how can a singularity exist? Where did it come from? You know? So you can't get, just like science says, you can't get something from nothing. You cannot destroy matter. You can only create, you can only change it. You can't create but it or destroy it. The law of the conservation of energy. Yeah. 
Well, so that, that's that's my thoughts. <laughs> I think I, I have usually followed traditional Christian beliefs. I mean, but I have my own personal thoughts regarding it. I, I think that there there has to be something out there, a creator. There, there, I I feel like it's very unlikely that there isn't. Right. But I don't think that I think that some of the book is you know like the bible is left extremely vague and people take it at face value i don't think that you can just take those things at face value in the bible right my belief is that you know here's here's an example uh you know how they say the earth was made in like six days or whatever yeah exactly remember well does the bible actually define what six days are in god's time right like what's the length of a day in god's life that's another huge question in science because there were people back then that lived almost a thousand years according to the bible Mm -hmm. so we have to think about that as you know maybe it was a much more realistic time period that it was the earth was actually created and then we also have to think about the fact that these scientific events may have been started. You know, they may be proven events. Okay, you know, the Big Bang. But who's to say that the Creator didn't initiate that, the Big Bang? Right. I mean, there's nothing saying that that couldn't happen. Yep. And it seems much more likely than just something going boom in the sky because two different forms of matters attached to each other. So, (laughs) and regarding, like, you know, doing the right thing and all that, I I think that, you know, you should always do the right thing. And what makes you feel like, I guess, feel whatever makes you feel like you're doing the right thing, I guess I'd be living by your own convictions. Sure. Yep. So that's what I tend to think about is, you know, how to merge science and religion together in a reasonable way. Right. Yeah. And I I don't, I think it absolutely can be. I don't really see any reason that it couldn't be because if you go back, you know, even the Bible talks about, you know, different things that can be considered science. And so, and, and speaking of the Bible and, and talking about those lengths of days, that's another big debate, you know, and um, because they was trying to figure out, you know, what what did they consider a day and a year and, and so on. Mm-hmm. But another thing to think about, too, is the reason the Bible is the way it is, and not just the Bible, every book on religion is this way, because back then they didn't know how to convey some things, you know. Yeah. So, and then today we're much, much more, I guess, sophisticated in language. Uh, to some degree and so when some people go back and they read those things they don't really understand how to interpret it or there may be a different way to interpret it you know based on how it's written because you have to think the written word isn't much different than the spoken word in the fact that there's a dialect to it and there's a way that it reads you know and so if you don't understand the context in which it was written you can't understand the context in which you're reading it you know so it's 
that that's where it becomes difficult because the language back then relied heavily on dialect. So. Yeah, I think there's definitely those lines that need to be read between and studied more. Because you can't really, I mean, you go out to these priests and stuff, especially, you know, like, well, we can allegedly say, like, Catholic priests and stuff, you know, they have their own little history of hiding things or whatever, but still. Right, right. You have to do self-research for this stuff. Absolutely. Because you can't trust anyone else to give you the correct information. Right. And that falls under following what you believe yourself. Not just being following other things because people agree with them. It's okay to think differently. Yeah, absolutely. And th- and that's the thing, you know. No, nobody nobody here is trying to say that any one thing is is not the right thing, because the truth of the matter is, is we we do not know. And that's why there's such a debate on it in the science community, is because there's not enough evidence to suggest that there was a creator, as far as hard, tangible evidence. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I get why a lot of them, you know, may not may not believe that way, because there's just that lack of tangible evidence. Yeah. But then, if all you got to do, man, in my opinion, is just look at the vastness of all this. All I mean, people think of the universe and they go, "Well, that's big." But I don't think they understand just how big. It's unbelievably enormous. I mean, I don't even, I really, astronomical is probably the closest word we have in the English language that that could even describe it, and it don't, you know. And so to think that that just happened all by accident, in my mind, is crazy. Yeah, I think the best word we have for it is unbelievable, because you can't believe how unbelievably big it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. For sure. So. I think that... This vid, this podcast should give us a bit of an insight onto how people, how scientists tend to think about religion. You know how they how they validate their own thoughts, which it, I believe exactly. comes from a lack of evidence. <laughs> so. Well, and and I, I want to discuss that too, based on the science, not any scientist in particular, mm-hmm. but looking at it from an individual or like an individual point of view what what makes a good scientist you know mm-hmm. because in in my mind most of your your scientists back in history were i say most of them cuz not all of them but most of them were extremely open minded and in, and in doing so they had to keep it secret because back then there was fear of persecution yeah you know if you questioned anything so or you know anything on that you know religion topic and there were scientists that didn't want to be viewed by other scientists as crazy, so they didn't speak out about their beliefs as far as, you know, creationism or what have you. Well, Galileo Galileo was a religious person. I mean, yeah. But you he know, had well, even, his own ideas regarding right. religion. Even Einstein believed in some sort of a creator. Yeah, he was, and I, I think he was I, Jewish, wasn't he? I, that I'm not sure. Because I know he fled Nazi Germany. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. But regardless, he's still a pro- prolific member of the scientific community, or was. <laughs> Absolutely. 
so yeah, it's just interesting to see because, in in my mind, a better a sci- a better scientist is more open minded to different possibilities simply because that's the whole thing with science is discovery trying to find out the truth behind something you know and being able to understand it and i don't think you can do that 100 percent without having an open mind to different possibilities even if they're not something that you like you know because as a scientist you should be looking for truth not not just proof that you're right but truth so you know the answer you know yeah So, where should we move on to? Do you want to, I mean, like... Well, I think we should probably, you know, give an, give some examples on what some particular scientists think. Okay. Um, and there's so much, like I was going through some of this stuff and reading a few things, and there's a, there's a crazy amount of books written about this very topic. Um, and both ones for one side, one for another. And Bill Nye, the science guy, has one written in favor of of uh, evolution. And then there's another book out there called Fifty Arguments for Evidence for God," and that's um, I'm not even sure. It's it's I don't know who it's by, but it's edited by William A. Dembski and Michael R. Lacona. But um, I want to read this here, um, and I, I'm going to read it because I can't exactly just summarize it, given the context that it's written in. But this is, this is an article on Big Think, which is just BigThink.com, mm-hmm. and it's how scientists can believe in God, and... I'll just read a little bit of it here. This is on May 2nd, 1956. Acclaimed theoretical physicist Richard Feynman gave a lunchtime talk at the California Institute of Technology. The relation between science and religion was on the docket that day. To organize his thoughts, Feynman wove what may be a familiar story. And, quote, A young man brought up in a religious family studies a science, and as a result, he comes to doubt and perhaps later disbelieve in his father's God. Now, this is not an isolated example, as it happens time and time again. Although I have no statistics on this, I believe that many scientists, in fact, I actually believe that more than half of scientists really disbelieve in their father's God. That is, they don't believe in a God in a conventional sense. Feynman's, unquote, Feynman's words prompt a key question. Are all true scientists destined to become atheists? The answer, I believe, is no, or at least that doesn't seem to be the case, judging by statistics. Still, how is it that faith and science can coexist? According to Feynman, the answer to this question lies in recognizing the limits of science. Feynman said, quote, I do not believe that science can disprove the existence of God. I think that is impossible. And if it is impossible, is not a belief in science and in a god, an ordinary god of religion, a consistent possibility? Then Feynman responds to his own question, 
quote, yes, it is consistent. Despite the fact that I said that more than half of the scientists don't believe in God, many scientists do believe in both science and God in a perfectly consistent way. But this consistency, although possible, is not easy to attain. So he, even Feynman, unquote, even Feynman, this, this guy, you know, a, a very acclaimed theoretical physicist, was saying that there really isn't a way to either, at the current time, to prove or disprove. Because there's not, there's a lack of hard evidence, but there's also, there's also not enough evidence to say, absolutely, there was no God. So, and then this article goes on. It's really quite interesting for anybody that wants to go out there and actually read the whole thing. But, and there's been books written about this particular thing. I mean, it just goes on, you know. If I could speak, controversial issue for years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it continues to be, because we haven't really gotten anywhere. As humans, I mean, it's really always... I think the arguments have stayed mostly consistent. Yeah. At least in the past few decades. I've only been here for almost two, so... I don't have a whole lot of insight, so... <laughs> but I think... I mean, have you noticed any of the arguments changed since you were a kid? Or? I have in the fact that I've noticed more of an argument in favor of no creator. Um, and I, I honestly think that is more of a generational thing in mm -hmm. some respects, because I think there's, well, I don't, I can't really say, cause I don't know the numbers. My feeling is that there is, are less people who have a belief system and a, and a creator. So that's going to, you know, that's going to breed a new age of scientists that already don't believe, you yeah. know, and there are some science scientists who didn't believe before they were a scientist, became a scientist, and changed their mind based on things that they've seen. Because, I mean, if you've ever taken the time to really look in a microscope and just think about how far down you're dialed in and then pull that right back out, I mean, if you look at fractal design and the way so many things in nature follow a fract you know, fractal patterns, it's in, it's just really inconceivable in my mind to think that it was an accident that created all that. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, it's just the depth. I mean, it, it's... In, there's intricacies. Yeah. And it's, everything is, you know, perfectly done. It's, I, it's perfectly done imperfectly, I should say. I mean, there's like... Everything has figured out how to work together. Right. And it apparently that's an accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what kills me. I mean I just can't conceive how that could have been one gigantic accident. Because that one accident would have had to have created other accidents that all were were also perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean And it's done so many times. Yeah. It, I mean, there's been perfect accident after perfect perfect accident, you know, after perfect accident. It's all been perfect accidents from the start. Yeah, and the probability of that 
is not even conceivable. I mean, that's an insane probability. I mean, it's not even remotely probable. <laughs> if you were betting your money on it, you'd lose your money. <laughs> Unless, of course, you're betting on evolution, in which case, you know, <laughs> where will we be in 200 years? Right. We probably wouldn't have changed very much in 200 years. Well, I found I found a website here that has a short excerpt of the beliefs. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out. There's 12 scientists that this... Um, Yeah, it basically kind of gives little sayings that they've said that have something to do with this subject. So I'll just start at the top here. Um, this article is on the Huffington Post, and the title of it's Religion. It's by Carol Caravilla. Um, it's called 12 Famous Scientists on the Possibility of God. Um, the question, where did matter come from? What is consciousness and what makes us human? Uh, Galileo says, I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with senses, reason, and intellect has intended us to forgo their use. And then Sir Francis Bacon says, It is true that a little philosophy inclineth man's mind to atheism, but depth in philosophy bringeth men's minds about to religion. Charles Darwin, I'm sure we all know what he thought, the impossibility of conceiving that this grand and wondrous universe with our conscious selves arose through chance seems to me the chief argument for the existence of God, but whether this is an argument of real value I have never been able to decide. Maria Mitchell, scientific investigations pushed on and on will reveal new ways in which God works and bring us deeper revelations of the holy unknown. Marie Curie says, Nothing in life is to be feared, it is to only be understood. She didn't say much about it, it don't seem. Albert Einstein, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. Rosalind Franklin, I maintain that faith in this world is perfectly possible without faith in another world. Carl Sagan, Science is not only compatible with spirituality, it is a profound source of spirituality. Stephen Hawking. Before we understood science, it was natural to believe that God created the universe, but now science offers a more convincing explanation. Uh, Venkatraman Ram Ramakrishnan? I'm sure I didn't pronounce that even close. A culture based on superstitions will do worse than one based on scientific knowledge and rational thoughts. Neil deGrasse Tyson. So you're made of detritus or detritus from exploded stars. Get over it, or better yet, celebrate it. After all, what nobler thought can one cherish, or what nobler thought can one cherish, than that the universe lives within us all? And then Francis Collins, the God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. God can be found in the cathedral or in the laboratory. So those were 12 scientists and kind of what they idealize about it. Yeah, and you can see that there's a good mixture of different beliefs there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's even in this here, it's probably about 
sixty forty. You know, so there's, I mean, there's plenty of them that believe that, you know that faith is possible within science. Right. Yep. And you know, this goes to one of my one of my thoughts is is you know, what's the point in living if there is no drive to make it to the end? Right. If there's no drive to understand these things. See, part of me thinks that it's a good thing that religion is questioned. Because it drives people to look for things instead of just not being curious at all. So, I mean, you know, that's yeah. another one of those things that you could say, okay, well, maybe God intended for people to be curious about the, you know, whether or not religion is real or not. Right. Just so that they could find a reason to live and to believe. Right. So and, I don't... <laughs> and that, that, that brings the argument, too, of the, the scientists could argue, you know, well, that that's just because in human nature we need to think that something exists, you know, to satisfy our brain or to satisfy our mind. And But my, my question to that would be why... Why, you know, that if that's your answer, explain to me why we as humans need that. And there is an answer. And that answer is because we're conscious. We're one of the only beings, at least that we know of, that understand the fact that we are alive and, that, and understand the fact that we will die and have, you know profound feelings about those things you know most most animals and insects and things out there as far as what we know just go about their daily activities the the daily thing the norm and that's it every single day all day yeah but we we have a conscious mind in the fact that we understand that we're alive we know that we'll die and we need to know why why are we here what are we, you know, are we supposed to be doing something? I mean, it, it would seem, it would seem almost unfortunate if we're here for nothing because yeah. in that respect, we're literally just a parasite living off a host and then dying for no apparent reason. And I can't wrap my mind around that because if you look at it, okay, everything in nature has a reason. There's a cycle to it. You know, one thing lives and does a certain thing that creates something for something else to live and so on and so forth. You know, but we don't. There isn't. What do we provide? You know what I'm trying to say? Like you have to think about like that and it starts going really deep. You know, and what's the point of us having a conscious mind if we're not meant for something or or where did that come from? Why do we have a conscious mind? Yeah. You know. I think that that, you know, really really opens up a whole new room of possibilities. Well, sure. Because, I mean, it really makes you feel like crap to think that you're a parasite, which is an even bigger driving force to want to learn more about it. Right. So I think that I can't, you know, I, I agree with you. I can't fathom the fact that we're here for nothing. Right. I, I can't see that. And, and you got to think too, you know, I'm, I'm almost certain that a, a beetle 
isn't sitting there wondering about a God and, and where he came from and what he's supposed to be doing here. You know, all he's worried about is the next ball of dung he's getting. Yeah. You know, where's that going to come from? I think that one of the, you know, I think a really smart animal regarding this stuff, though, is elephants. Oh, yeah. Because they they actually, you know, they they consciously mourn their dead. You know, they realize when situations are going wrong. Yep. I, I think dogs and cats, well, now cats can be this way, but dogs especially also have the ability to mourn their owners. And you can tell that there, something's off about, you know, an animal, like, you know, like a dog or an elephant. Right. When something close to them is gone. Right. And I that's, think, there's a difference between feelings and consciousness, though. The mm-hmm. The best description we can come up with consciousness is that we we are aware of the fact that we are alive and that we're going to die. You know, most other most other animals and most other things don't understand death, don't understand that they're going to die. Mm-hmm. It's just automatically programmed in them to do their best to survive, you know. Yeah. But somehow or another, we got this consciousness gifted to us, and in some cases, it isn't always a gift, you know. Yeah. But it, it, it allows us to be aware and to make changes and to make decisions based on the fact that that we're alive, but we're going to die. There wouldn't be a drive for medicine that keeps us alive longer if we didn't know we were going to die. Yeah. You know, that's just one example. But I think that's the big difference. Like with elephants, elephants and dolphins would probably be the closest animal that I could consider may have a conscious, at least at some level. Well, those two animals can detect themselves. They know that they right. are who they are. Yep. And they can yeah. respond to reflections. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like when a dolphin sees itself in a mirror, it knows that it is itself. Right, right. Oh, I just, I just lost you. Oh, no, I'm here. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the stream, your voice cut out. Oh, right on. Discord, well. why you gotta be pain? <laughs> so, anything to add to that? No, I mean, I think that is the, you know, the realm of it. I know that um, Bill Nye, the science guy, he's, um, as far as what I read, pretty much against the idea of a creator. <clears throat> and I think you gotta be dumb to be against the idea. Right. I, I don't it, think it's, it's not smart. that you're dumb for thinking that way, like, you know, th- having your own opinion about it. But as a scientist, as a, you know, pillar of the community, so to speak, I really feel, in my opinion, that you should have an open mind to everything. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not on here trying to convince anybody. You know, I'm just saying have an open mind and look at all this stuff, research it yourself and try to come up with a conclusion that and push away everything you learned about religion and all that and look at this at a completely scientific you know point of view don't don't think about religion don't think about the things your grandparents taught you and and told you it was to believe and this and that don't think of it as religion just look at it as a scientific question and bring evident bring the things that you see from both sides and weigh those out and make a decision and at the you very know. least most religion 
is attempting to get you to do good things. Usually, yeah. Like, you know, Christianity. And, and we can, oh man, we could get deep into that. We could argue some of the reasons for what they've done. <laughs> but I mean, in general, Ten Commandments, if we look at this in a non-religious way. Yeah. Thou shalt not murder, or, you know, whatever yeah. it says. That seems like a pretty good thing. Well, sure, yeah. I Anyone mean, there isn't anything wrong with, there isn't anything at all wrong with the Ten Commandments. I mean, really, if if we all lived by them, and not as commandments from religion, but just rules of life. Values. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Your core cool. values. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, state capitals and stuff are allowed to show that. Yeah. It's because it's not an example of religion. I mean, it is, but it's not. They don't show it there to reference the religion, according to the courts. It should be there to reference, you know, well-being and you know, good right. goodness in people. Yeah, and if you if you really think about it, and you go back and you read the story in the Bible, it they weren't necessarily written for religion in the first place. They were written to be the laws of the land. They were written as actual laws, not you know, this is how you become a Christian. Follow these rules, you know. It was more about the laws of the land because they just freed the slaves from the Pharaoh and there had to be some type of rules of law to govern the land. And so that was the idea. Yeah. So even the, the base history of it mm-hmm. is just a good idea. It's not, okay, you got, it's not, it's not religion itself. The right. Ten Commandments are not religion. Their their basis is for being a good person. Yep, for sure. Okay, so I think that talks covered pretty good. We got in. I mean, which section should we move on to next? Regarding, I mean, well, uh, it seems as though this one may have what ran out quicker than we thought it might i didn't know if you had anything about any other scientists that i didn't mention and we could listen to the audio listen to more examples of people you know knocking it sure um you want to give me a link to a video i i sent it to you in discord that's just to one there's two of those and it's Okay, can you send that to me in Hangouts? Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have Discord on my tablet, so And then we'll get this going. Uh Sorry about some dead air there. We're trying to get uh well, I've already sent you both of them. There's one example of Bill Nye and one example of Tyson. Okay, let me... Hangouts. i got to get this cleared off of here so that I can actually see my notifications. Sorry about these technical hiccups well, here. In the middle of these technical hiccups, I guess we've talked about some other little bit of news. Um, Trump is back in with the North Korean summit June 12th. So I guess that's something interesting to look into. Hmm. I don't really, I don't <laughs> know that we should go too far down into that. But I mean, 
That is yeah. pretty interesting. I haven't really read much about it. I've been out of the news for the past weekend. All right, let me let me get these going. I've got them pulled up here. Okay. So uh, this is Neil DeGrasse Tyson, and uh, I'll just get this audio playing here for you. This is published by ScienceNet, and the video titles, Those Seven Times Neil deGrasse Tyson Terminator. I will never be one to tell you what you should believe or what you should not believe. What I will say is that if you want to say that where we don't understand things, that's where God rests, that's where God operates, the God of the gaps argument, because I get asked that all the time. What was around before the universe? I don't know. Must have been something, God. So they got to stick in God where we're not there yet. And I just say, well, I got, we got top people working on that. That's, it's a current frontier. We're not there yet. And given the history of the moving frontier, where people had previously said, well, God must be operating, we're long past that. We, those explanations have come. And so I, I don't, there's no compelling reason to say God did it and then sort of give up and it's go on like to the next problem. Video. If you look at people who are religious today who are not in conflict with science, they have viewed their religious text as a spiritual, something that gives them spiritual support, not as a science textbook. The, the, inter, the, the conflict in society is when you have those who are still religious who want to use their religious text as their access point to understanding the natural world. And persistent efforts of the past to make that happen have just simply failed. The, the, the Bible does not work as a science textbook. In fact, Galileo knew this, and he himself was a religious man. He's famously quoted as saying, the Bible tells you how to go to heaven, not how the heavens go. <laughs> when you're a kid, your parents have all the answers, whether or not they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're right all the time, too. <laughs> and they're right all the time, they have all the answers. And you are full of questions. Exactly. And then there comes a time when you realize your parents don't have all the answers to the questions that you've posed. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you reach a point where you've posed questions where nobody has the answer. And this is a, this is a point of intellectual maturity that is terrifying. How could we not know the answer? How is that possible? What? How? And if you look through the history of unknowns in our culture, that is a fundamental role religion has played. Religion of all stripes. You go back to ancient Greece, we call it mythology, but it's really their religion, all right? You know, Zeus and, and Neptune, not Neptune, uh, Poseidon. And so there's a storm. I don't know anything about storms. I don't know anything about the Coriolis force or the, the, or the, the ocean atmosphere connection or moisture and, and relative humidity. I don't know anything about any of that yet. Poseidon is angry. A lightning bolt hit. Zeus is angry. Those are my explanations and I'm done. Now I don't have to live in some kind of profound state of ignorance about the world around me and its effect on my life. After death, I have no idea. Am I actually rotting in the ground? No, you are in some other place. You're on Valhalla or heaven or whatever the religion provides 
for that belief system. You cannot become a scientist if you require that every question has an answer. Mm. Because it's the very questions that have no answers that attract you to the laboratory every single day. Mm -hmm. So there's got to be some kind of a shift. Part of it is you never really grew up from, as, from childhood because mm. you're always asking questions. <clears throat> but you've successfully made the transition to say, here's a question, not only did my parents not know, nobody doesn't know. And I will then set up an entire lab just to find that answer. And when you do find that answer, that is one of the greatest moments that can happen in a scientist's life. Do you give people who make this case that that was the... So we can stop it there, pause yeah, it or whatever. I'm going to cut it off. There's, um, you know, what, 14 more minutes of this going on. <laughs> but uh, it's... Um, I couldn't really hear that in my audio, so I don't know a lot about what he was saying. But I do know at least at least now, he's you know the because he says in his deal the more he looks at the universe, the less and less he believes in a creator. Yeah. I mean that's, and you know that tends to be a thing I think, with the fact that these. You know, these natural events and stuff are being proven by, you know, scientifically. Right, right. But then we have to come into, you know, the, the wonder of whether or not these scientific explanations are created by religion, you know, by higher beings. Yeah. It is such a deep pool that it's hard to actually get a full-on deep understanding. Oh, because gosh, Because it can yeah. just go forever. Yeah. You know, it... <laughs> you could... You could go deeper, you can go, I mean, just any which way, really. <laughs> All right, I'll pull this one up here. We'll play it. We'll listen to this here about Bill Nye. Once again, this is uploaded by ScienceNet. And it's those sometimes Bill Nye terminating the thinking. Yeah. Let's run the following little test. Stand by. How many people are, what, can we say, let's say atheists or agnostic here? How many of you were brought up, how many of you were brought up in a religion? Wow. And so it's about the same number, right? Pretty Visually, close, yeah. yeah. So my claim, my belief is, wait a minute. What I think is, you don't change like that. It, you you got to be exposed to secular ideas, to agnostic, atheistic ideas for a long time, for years. And it's got to steep. I think the opportunity is with young people, the future. You know, once somebody's entrenched in his or her idea about the origin of the world, and the, um, creation myths, or um, um, where we all came from myths, and we, we have one, you know, I mean, ours is a little more reasonable to me. Uh, the, the, it sits with you, it takes a long time. So I, you can want to blow your brains out or you can chip away at the problem. And so I'm, I believe I'm chipping away. That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, that's the stuff that the National Center for Science Education is really diligent about. And they pointed out the, uh, the arc and the extraordinary claims about that. And I had never really read much about the Wyoming, which was a wooden ship oh, yeah. built in the early 1900s that sank. You know, it was uh, 
Wood is fantastic material, amazing material, but when you have a ship that was a football field long, it just twisted, and I mean, it's sad, the thing sank, all, losing all hands eventually, but, uh, but it is a lesson to be learned that you know, if the world's most skilled shipbuilders couldn't do it, could eight family members with no tools pull it off? Uh, one of my big ideas is that humans are part of the ecosystem. Uh, no, yeah. but seriously, for that's, a guy like good. Ken Ham, for a guy, the creationist, I think they strongly feel that they're separate, that they're special, that they are, that the deity mm -hmm. made them a big deal. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you ever met my old boss, you know that's obviously <laughs> not true. So, but it was heartfelt. I said, don't let your kids. I'm going to cut it off right there. I wish we had uh, an actual text log of these statements so we could reflect on them easier. But right, um, I think that Bill Nye really doesn't doesn't bring up any question as to no. whether or not it's real. He's he's firmly <laughs> yeah atheist. Actually, he's been quoted as saying that the idea of creationism is idiotic. And I think that that really separates a lot of people from believing him. Right. Because he gives them no slack. There's no transitional... There's no ability for someone to transition to those beliefs based on what he says because he's basically calling them irrational. Right those people irrational i think that there needs to be that question there of whether or not you know the the possibility of science proving religion right and see he said there too that he he believes that humans need to feel special yeah why <laughs> i mean really you can't give an answer for something without a description yeah so why what, scientifically tell me why we as humans need to feel special. I mean, it's easy to get up there and tell people something without a description or without an explanation. You know, so explain to me why we need to feel special. What's, what's the, what is the, the overall outcome of that? You know, what, we need to feel special, but why is that? What, what difference does it make? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that he he has a, a vagueness to him. He has no support for an opposite side, which you know is fine. I mean, for for his group of people, I guess. But he's not going to convince anyone based on the way he's talking. Well, no, um, and it's it's well, and you know, again, I won't get into the debate on religion and what certain religions think and whatever. But it's it's just very evident, without doubt, that he completely disregards the possibility of a more intelligent creator. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't find it, I, I personally don't find it that hard to believe based on just what I see around me on an everyday basis. You know, the the sheer 
the sheer fact of everything that we have and everything that exists, you know, technically working in harmony to provide what it provides. Yeah. And the idea that we're intelligent enough and conscious enough to be trying to find out and ask these very questions, you know, is, I mean, gosh, you know, how, how can, how can our brains even be an accident? The sheer complexity of our own brain. It's just phenomenal, honestly. (laughs) And so it's hard to understand, in my opinion, how a scientist cannot at least say, well, you know, there's got to be something that we're missing. Yeah. But that... We're really at a point... We're really at a point now where this discussion falls into belief you know a belief system because that's kind of the next step in this discussion i suppose is because now we're starting to fall off into beliefs you know yeah i'm really making this hard for you to have to go back to and edit all these weird sounds out oh it's all good <laughs> I think, well, I, I think that, I think Bill's a, a lot more extreme about this. Right. Than, you know, other scientists, other, you know, other famous scientists. But I really think that you have to agree with, you know, people like Galileo. Yeah. Because it's, it's not irrational to think that maybe this, it's another part of the faith or religion believe it's just it's really the same question as is there other life forms out in you know space Mm -hmm. but on a much larger scale how can we know how can we definitively say there is or isn't because we haven't even seen everything out there yeah we can't even look into the deepest parts of our ocean we probably know more about our solar system and maybe even our galaxy than we even do the oceans. What if the very evidence we need is lying at the bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean? We don't know. There's so much unexplored that we haven't seen that we can't even put into the pool of evidence because we haven't discovered it yet. Mm -hmm. That's how big it is. We've been here for how many years as a human race? And we still haven't discovered a, a, I can't even fathom the, the fractional amount of our very own space around us that we haven't discovered. It's like, yeah. it's like we're in preschool com- comparatively, you know. Well, I mean, they're very much maybe a chance that we're so... You know, that there's infinite amounts of technology above us. That, you know, we think we're on the cusp of the greatest technological advances, but really we're just a small fragment of what's possible within, you know, our technological advancements. Right. And human thought. 
And I would beg to differ that some of the ancient people may have been more more technologically evolved than we are. I mean, to me, it it makes a smarter person to be able to build a computing device from gears and wheels. You know, talking yeah. about the Antikythera device. You know, where, and I, I'm not even trying to say that came from aliens or anything like that. I think we as a human race down here back in ancient times created it. But you have to wonder, you know, you, you have to think and wonder, look, what happened? And everything we've ever made, at least back in those days, was typically made to search for answers because we question what you know and that and i i like that fact i that's what i like about science is trying to figure things out but that's why i get a little bit upset whenever you have these scientists that just say nope that's not the way it is and you ain't going to change my mind well then you're not really a scientist You've made yeah. a decision based on what little bitty evidence that you have, and now you're done. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> you got to think out of the infinite numbers, out of the infinite possibilities of things. Which, you know, they say there's an infinite possibility of things. And, you know, the galaxy is infinite. Right. There's an infinite number of planes. Well, out of those, out of the infinite number of chances, which is, you know, what? Who's to say that out of those, there isn't a creator? You know, I mean, you know what I'm getting at? Like, I absolutely so do. Different, absolutely. So many different pathways, pathways. To take, who's to say one of those pathways isn't a creator? Right. Or, you know. Let, let's look at it like this for, for those that need like a, um, a visual ideology about how ridiculous it is to think that an accident caused all this. Okay. Let's say that the way the iPhone became to exist, came to exist, is that this drunk guy come out of a bar and was getting ready to take off on his motorcycle, but he stopped to puke and he puked in such a way that all of the material and atoms in his puke just magically formed and accidentally formed a pretty little touchscreen iPhone. That's more likely than the accident they claim happened to create this entire universe. So that to me is how ridiculous it sounds for scientists to say that it's just one big giant accident that everything happened so perfectly. Cause I'm telling you right now, the universe is way more complex than an iPhone. Yeah. The universe is so complex. Humans have yet to understand everything that's going on with it. We will never. So the fact that we can understand an iPhone shows that it's nothing yep. compared to the true understanding. Yeah, we'll never understand the full complexity of the universe. I don't think our brains could fit all that information. 
because it's just insane. What like even we we know as you know the scientific community knows that the universe is so and this so vast yet they haven't even seen it all. It, it's it's just really unbelievable how huge it is. Cool. You know, and it may be that the the solar or the galaxy next to us has to be in its exact position so that our galaxy and that galaxy don't fall apart. We don't know, you know. Yeah. There there may be forces that we still don't know about that are hold that those are in just the right spot so that it holds everything together. I mean that it's just that crazy. And when you start stop, you know, sitting there and thinking about it, it really kind of can start to make your brain hurt a little bit because just like man, how, you know. <laughs> so that's yeah. what I mean. There's got to be, in my opinion, it makes more sense that there is something out there that knew exactly where everything was supposed to go. And and that's the way it was done. It was planned, it was mapped out, and it was put into action. Well, here's the thought I tell you. So, okay, so you know how humans, the atom system is made up. You know how the atom system is made up of yeah. you know, just the nucleus and stuff like that. Well, who's to say that we are not technically microorganisms living on another being? I, I love that you brought that up because I used to think about that very thing when I was a little kid. I would imagine it, you know, as I would imagine it as germs, like the yeah. germs on me. And I would think in my head, well, what if those germs have even smaller germs on themselves? And they're sitting there looking at themselves, thinking the same thing I'm thinking now. And then I thought, if that's the case, what if I'm just a germ on a big old giant dude? And all this around here is just on a, such a small scale that they don't can't see, but we're living on you know the right leg of some giant thing or dude or whatever, you know. Yeah. And and I kept thinking, okay, what if he's the same way? You know, it goes both ways like that, and you can find evidence of that, scientific evidence of that in nature. If you just go look, if you if you look at the way an atom is made, if you you know, look at the representation of that and how they show it, where the electrons and, and all that go around the nucleus. Well, doesn't that look an awful lot like a planetary system? Yeah. So what of the planetary system, what of our solar system is just an atom on something even larger? I mean, you know, you have to, it's, it's probably not, we don't know though, but you have to think about it like that. Why does everything look so much like something smaller or larger than it? Yeah. You know, I that, that, you know, I've thought about that before, because it seems like a, a very, it seems possible. It seems like it's programmed that way. <laughs> I mean, if, you could even if, think about it as a, a program that somebody wrote, you know. Yeah, if you think about it, if, if you go and, you know, you have a kid, you're, you're your genes and your chromosomes know exactly what to make. So if this was all planned by a greater being, then we can think about this as if something else was being born and the DNA in that system knew exactly how to make us. Right. 
that doesn't follow traditional belief systems, but it's still, I mean, I think it's very possible. Absolutely. I completely agree. Because we don't know. I mean, and as a scientist, I think you have to be able to admit and be able to say the words, I don't know, but we're trying to find out. You know what I mean? That's not hard to say. I don't know, but I'm trying to find out. I would rather somebody give me that answer or that foreign answer than to BS me, (laughs) you know? And so, because to me, that just makes a better scientist. You know, hey, we don't, if you can't tell yourself you don't know, you're not going to have that drive to go find it. If you just settle on an idea, then you're going to stop. You're done. And you get, it's like they're, it's like these guys are wanting something to come to them. Well, it's not going to happen that way. Because you're more likely to understand it if you're looking for the answer versus if it just hits you in the head. Not everyone is Sir Isaac Newton. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's what they're all out there trying to make the names of. But, I mean, I think that's a very good explanation of the fact that, you, you know, everything has to be a curiosity. Absolutely. Because without curiosity, there's no growth. You just, it's like sitting down and playing the same thing over and over and over again in which nothing changes because you just believe whatever in the world someone tells you. Right. And it's just as bad, in my opinion, if, if you're going to look at it that way, it's just as bad to follow a blind belief because, in all honesty, the belief that there isn't a God is just another blind belief. Yeah. You could even almost call that a religion. I Well, I guess it is, but... You know what I'm trying to say. You're closing your mind to other options. Exactly. And that's why, you know, whenever I was a kid, I was constantly in church. You know, because that's just where I was going with my grandparents. And my problem, like, I would ask them questions like, well, why did God do this or why did God do that? And I'd never get a straight answer. That was never good enough for me. And so that's what drove me to go find out things for myself and so i just i would study other religions just to see what they were saying and i i all you know i started seeing that they were almost identical to each other aside from you know the the names and places have been changed to protect the you know i mean yeah so it was I, that started making me think well look you know if every single person in this earth some of them didn't even know that the other religion or people that believe that religion existed yet we're talking about the same things that happened well they had to have happened yeah you know it's not like they had telephones and radios back then to you know call up their <laughs> international buddies and say hey la 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 you know yeah. and so that right there is evidence in and of itself that something on a larger scale by outside people from somewhere else had to have come here at, you know what I mean? At some point and yeah. you can go back and you can look and you can see that there's one of the things that I seen the other day that some people were talking about was that they have evidence of corn being in Egypt Corn does not grow in Egypt. It's an American. 
that's something that grows over here. Like, you know, I'm sure maybe other countries can grow it now. But in Egypt, it didn't grow over there. Theoretically, they should not know even that existed. But they have hieroglyphs and everything else of corn stalks and plants over there. So they had to have gotten corn from somewhere. Well, how'd they get it? You know, so not only did somebody already have to be over here or at least on another place where corn will grow, but they had to have gotten it over to Egypt. You know, and I know that sounds like we're far off topic, but we're really not because that's just the same kind of thing on a smaller scale. Because the argument is that religion or a belief in a creator is irrelevant and idiotic. But I don't see how that is since every single race that we know of has believed in something of the sort. I, I think that... that I think that... Well, we know people were in North America prior to the Egypt... You know, during the Egyptian times. I mean, it's that's pretty explainable, you know, with history and stuff. You know that right. the Native Americans were here, the Aztecs and stuff like that. But you also have to wonder, okay, you know how the Egyptians built the pyramids? Yeah. The Aztecs did the same thing. So did the now, Mayans. They looked diff- different, but they were still... The math you know, was the same. It was the same kind of idea, form, you know, burial... They, yeah. you know, ritual sites and stuff like that. It was all in the same kind of idea. How did that information transfer? Exactly. You know, those are things that most people won't, you know, pay attention to. But it's, it's honestly a really important factor in making a decision here, or learning more, because the, you know, that just shows the possibilities. And honestly, I think it, you know, showcases your previous mention of how prior civilizations were, you know, smarter than we are today. Yeah, I figured out a way to transmit this information. Well, it's funny you say that, too, because um, part of what I was talking about there about the corn, and that's why I bring that up, is because it's evident uh, there's, and I wish I knew names, I, I... was listening to this um, this guy talk about some of his findings um, from back in the day, but they found that there was some tribes uh, back before, you know, this was quite a while back. It was back before this modern age, but even still, there's a lot of tribes that have they know nothing about even TV and radio, you know. But yet they had the this guy was saying that every time he showed up, they seemed to know he was coming. And would come out there and greet him, you know, quite a long ways from their village. You know, so it's not like they were just there hanging out. You know, it, it happened every time. And he finally asked one of the, the, you know, chiefs or villagers or whoever it was, how they knew that he was coming. And he showed them a communication device that they had built that transmitted vibrations from one island to another or from one place to another. And so it was a very primitive form of a radio, so to speak, you know? Yeah. 
and so you have this i mean that in and of itself is mind-boggling you know and i would personally as as a person with a scientific mind i would like to see you know something written and drawn up about that because he claimed that they ex showed him the device and explained it and said that it was you know a tree with with some kind of rod or something you know in a hollowed out section and some yeah. somebody would beat on that tree and it would create a vibration that it would send to another receiver that was similar you know mm -hmm. but i'd like to see that drawn up you know and kind of depicted because then you can you can make a you know an educated decision on that just from viewing it you know yeah but that just goes to show that there's always where there's a will there's a way basically yeah and that's because we're human that's because we have a curious mind and it's because we have a conscious a consciousness you know and it's funny how it seems like our consciousness taps into the very same ideas that other races of human have you know cuz yeah. now now you can start get you can start getting into the whole idea behind a collective conscious and on and on and on but that gets way deep out of where we are where we are but <laughs> well it's not to say that you know we're not talking like different you know races and color we're talking about like you know different i'd say different net well ethnicities yeah ethnicity how these people with different ideas tend to come up with similar answers or you know even newer ideas and you know these shared ideas i guess but seem to mishmash other in other places as well right and I, and i'll tell you what too let let us know in the comments down there what you guys think. I mean, because I would be curious to know, you know, about other people out there and what their thoughts are. You know, I'm I'm hoping here pretty soon we can get a little chat room or forum or something opened up when we get some more listeners. But you know, it's just it's one of those things. It personally, the the question here is: Do you think you should be more open minded if you're a scientist? Instead of just closing off your idea on one side. You know, that's kind of the whole question about this whole entire show, really. Because in my personal opinion, what makes a good scientist is somebody who stays open-minded and is willing to look at the evidence from both sides. Instead of just making a decision before they're completely informed, you know, and closing off the other side, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really kind of... Um, Oh, what would you call it? Narcissistic, maybe? To call somebody else's idea idiotic? Yeah. When there's no evidence there to say yay or nay either way yet? Mm -hmm. You know, and I can understand. I can see some of their arguments a little bit when it comes to the, the other way. Because there isn't a lot of hard evidence out there to prove there's a creator. But there's just as much or there's just as little evidence to, to prove there isn't. Yeah, and I would beg to to say that there, you know, there's there's evidence of both in re, in in the idea of it, but when it comes to evidence that isn't necessarily tangible, I beg to say that there's more evidence for the idea of a creator just in the sheer complexity of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know. 
how'd we go from an ape to something that can create the things we've created if we didn't i mean even us as humans have the mindset of a creator we create things we make things that help us create other things you know it goes deep and so that had to come from somewhere i'm sorry i just don't believe in an accident that like that because that it's just unfathomable in my opinion yeah i think I, I, you know, this can't be an accident. It's really, the odds have ran up. The, you know, maybe, okay, one time. I could see it. You know, there's happy accidents like that. Sure, there's happy accidents all the time. But having that, you know, having accidents repeat over and over and over and over again on a monumental scale <laughs> yeah and still having them turn out to be happy accidents is very unlikely in my head well an example of a happy accident would be if if you throw a bottle you know you see it on youtube these guys throw these bottles mm-hmm. and they land just right okay but let's say you're not trying to do it you just toss a bottle and it lands on its bottom Mm-hmm. stands upright that's a happy accident you know if you're if you're just tossing it and you're not trying to do it and you didn't learn exactly how to flip it and all that stuff you just you know gingerly let's say you're tossing it to the trash can and it stands up straight on the floor because you missed that's a happy accident now compare that happy accident to the one they're trying to claim created the entire universe it's that, just that's a, that's a big jump <laughs> yeah it's life and death literally <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's it's crazy but you know that's my that's just my thoughts on it anyway i'm you know again i'm not out to convince anybody really you know you need to look at this stuff for yourself as we said before but that's my argument to it i suppose <laughs> I honestly think that we partially chose a limiting topic for tonight's show because we there's there's a lot that you can go into but really there's not a whole lot of evidence to continue discussing it right well that's the thing this 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 particular topic sprouts many other topics and i i think we started to branch off there for a minute but pulled back (laughs) yeah but that's that's the idea of shows i'd like to do in the future you know talking about ancient technologies and just a number of different things um i think it'd be cool honestly to come up with multiple different shows within it you know like okay so on wednesdays we discuss ancient technology you know once a week we discuss politics and then another time that week, we discuss another random topic. Right. Yeah. I, I'm game for doing more than one show a week. That's fine. I just have to, through the week, I'd have to do it earlier. Um, and then I may not always get to do it because stuff comes up. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I think it would broaden the amount of people that would listen. Yeah. Because partially, I do think these one-sided shows are kind of, 
And, you know, people can let us know, you know, guys, you need to let us know if you like this kind of stuff. Right. But I think that some people aren't going to enjoy this. Well, that may be the case. And I'm not saying that we should do this all the time. I think yeah. whenever we come up with a topic that we can at least spend an hour on, because these podcasts don't have to be, you know, forever long. Yeah. But, I mean, I found some podcasts that are 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But besides all that, you know, we're we're just starting out here. We're trying to get kind of fall into our niche. And I think just reading stories is a little bit limiting as it's, as a, its own thing. Because, you know, we read a story and we give our thoughts on it. And that seems more like a, a theme for a show where you're having interactions live from listeners. Because then, then you would have more diversity, which would allow for better education of the topic to yeah. other listeners. So these one-sided or these one-topic type shows, I think, have the potential to be more educational. But we thought about this last minute, so we didn't have a lot of time to prepare much more evidence, you know, or much more uh, things about it, you know. Yeah, it's not like we're trying to convince people to do something. No, 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 not at all. So, really, we're not coming up with evidence. We're just coming up with extra pieces to the puzzle. You know, right, articles. The giant puzzle of curiosity. Absolutely. And this was just come up with, you know... Just a couple hours ago, so uh, maybe a little bit longer. Than this specific topic, I should say. Right. Yeah. Not the idea, but the the, the specific topic. Yeah. Of the comparisons of science and religion. Yeah, and I, I think maybe for our next show, we we should think about it a little further ahead, get an idea for a topic. And the truth is, we could continue this topic, but bring another branch of this topic. You know, we started going off into ancient technology stuff, and humans, we could go that route. But we don't want to spoil that for everyone, so. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think the whole chat room idea is uh, is okay for live listeners. I mean, it's okay for, I think it'd be best for live listeners. Well, it would be. Those that are actually listening on stream actively. Yeah, because this isn't a live podcast. It's a live video, and then, of course, we upload the audio after post. And And guys on the podcast that are listening to the podcast, you're not missing anything on the video, really. No. Other than that live interaction, all it's showing is just the news sources most of the time. Right. And... And Just some banter <laughs> when yeah. we first start. A homepage and then pictures <laughs> yeah. with the logo. So. And there may be some of this that gets cut out, too, because we'll, like you've heard a while ago for you live listeners, we went off into talking about what we need to do for the podcast. That probably really shouldn't be part of the podcast, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's a blooper. <laughs> and those live listeners on YouTube will get to hear it. Absolutely. Also, too, um, I think we're going to try to get an email specific for the show. So then we can plug that email on the YouTube channel in the podcast. And uh, for people that might be listening to the podcast, then they could send us any you know thoughts they had or questions or ideas in an email. Yeah, I think for, for people, you know, like the listeners of the podcast... We could reflect 
on your guys' ideas. Yeah. Afterwards in another show. So yeah, we if could. If you guys want to send in any information that you may have, we may have missed or something, we can reflect on that later. Sure. Yeah, we really can. This is an open platform. Yeah, we can set that up to where we talk, you know, about those emails in the first part of the show. And, and then, then and then move on. Move on. Mm-hmm. And that's a good idea. You know, if we do more than one show a week, we could just focus on those emails, people's reactions. Right. I mean, that's I I don't know how people would like that. And especially with our current uh, SoundCloud situation. Right. It may not be ideal right now. But I think that's definitely an opportunity to branch off to later. Sure. Most people would be willing to, you know, watch it or want to watch it more often. Yeah. So, but I, yeah. (laughs) I think we've run this topic out for tonight, so we'll probably end the show a little earlier than normal. Yeah, we can't really branch off to as many things. We'd start a whole nother show. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. If you're one, I mean, I guess we can end it here or we can, you know, kind of throw in a little bit of, you know, extra current events that are maybe important. I don't know if you've seen anything lately. To be honest with you, I haven't. Most of my um, recent stuff has been looking into this whole idea and some ancient technology stuff that's been coming up. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff coming up in the news about... Um, some other stuff they found in the Great Pyramid and stuff like that. So I haven't heard yeah. a whole lot about – there really hasn't been a lot going on. You know, I mean, it's the same stuff going on that they keep talking about. You know, the whole yeah. Russia collusion stuff and everything like that that seems to be all they're talking about right now. So <laughs> Trump's lawyer's confidential memo to Mueller explained this factory is ready to expand. Then came the Trump trade wars. U.S. strikes nearly 500 civilians in 2017, Pentagon says. Uh, I don't know. It just seems more hit pieces and hit pieces instead of stuff that actually matters. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem. That's what gets people not interested in politics. Is it's, it's, you know, there's so much inaccuracy. Oh, by the way, or, we're changing topics. Yeah. You know what? Maybe we should. Huh? Maybe we should just kind of cut it off here <laughs> before we go to confusing people. Yeah, I think I think we will. This will just be a short one tonight, which, I mean, not too short. We're in an hour and a half, so. We don't have the traditional setup right now, and it's kind of a... a little strange. Yeah. Unforeseen circumstances, but we still tried to bring you something that's interesting. And I think that topic is, you know, the, I mean, I don't even know if we'll ever know the, you know, absolute 100% positive truth. Well, I'll probably, we'll probably be dead by the time, you know, anything big happens. So, I mean, really it's speculatory right now. <laughs> yep. It For is. us, because we can't, I mean... Most, I'd say most certainly we will not be alive for the final answer to this. Right. The thing is, the thing is though, when we die, if it's true, we'll know. 
Mm-hmm. If it's not, then there'll just be nothing. <laughs> so that's kind of another. Well, I'll leave you with that thought on the subject. You know. <laughs> Think about how sad your ending would be. You're dead, and there's absolutely nothing. Because that's what atheists want you to believe. Right. So what's the point in living? <laughs> so you can escape nothing that's coming anyway? I don't know. I don't know. I think we should end it here before we go offending people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Network.